percussionist Congero um, Chembo Cornell, and we just finished playing the Northampton Jazz Festival uh, featuring Ray Vega as a Kai Curtis Quartet featuring Ray Vega and Chembo Cornell, but we didn't they didn't put him on the the thing, but it, he just. Uh, destroyed it we had a great time and then we're going to be playing dizzy's later on this week on thursday i know you guys are probably going to hear the podcast pretty late but at least this is what's happening in real time so uh thanks chembo for joining us on the podcast oh thank you for having me man we had a blast and you know it's always good to play with you and and ray so it was cool when you called me for the gig man and we had a great time Definitely, man. So right off the bat, I would love to hear if you have any projects coming up or uh, how your band is doing. Uh, Just let some of the people know um, exactly what you're doing right now, 2015. Well, right now, since uh, my last recording uh, with um, American Showplace uh, Records, um, that was in 2013, Afro Blue Monk. Uh, since then, now, uh, what I've been doing is getting together now. Hopefully, by the beginning of next year, I'm going into the studio to record my fifth album. Uh, three of them is on the Chamber Records. And uh, this new one, all, this new project also is going to be under American Showplace uh, label. Uh, this is like a straight-ahead jazz label, and I'm the only Latin jazz guy on there since uh, these people, I've been with them over 15 years doing percussion for, like, Frank Foster, Akiko Zirunga is on there, uh, Bill Easley. And so I've been doing a, a lot of percussion work for them. So uh, we worked out a deal uh, for the Afro Blue Monk CD, and it went well. Uh, we're using um, Allegro for, di- for distribution. I was going to ask you about your distribution too uh, uh, to get some more information on that also since I have my record company. Um, now, this is a, a deal that I did with them because of the money situation so we went in kind of half and half and, uh, you know, they own a studio, uh, unlimited uh, studio time, mixing and mastering is included so the half my battle is already, you know, won over there. But right now, um, I'm getting some arrangements done and um, hopefully to record by January January, February, using my same cats, Elio Villafranca on piano, Ivan Renta, tenor sax, soprano, Vince Cherico on drums, Carla De Rosa on bass, and then also we'll have a couple of uh, guest artists uh, for this time around again. Man, that's awesome. And in, independent. I remember you were one of the first people in New York that I ever talked to about it. It was you, Papo Vasquez. There's a few other people that um, really inspired me to kind of go into the independent world and approach that with my music. What was your inspiration? Like, how did you get into that? Well, first of all, um, when I got into uh, making my first record, uh, the scene, the music scene uh, was changing a lot. So it was like no more like the bigger companies were were breaking up. Uh, the middle sized companies were also breaking up. There was some some that came up, but they just uh, lasted a couple of months. You know, maybe they have one or two projects. They went out the way. They went out the window. Uh, I had my project in my hand. Uh, my first project and I shopped it around like everybody else did and um, I got a lot of man it sounds great I hope you find a home for it trying to say uh, you know I can't take you now because at that time everybody was starting to sink Uh, it only dawned on me that 
what's going to stop me? All I have to do is just pick up the phone if I need distribution. A couple of more dollars out of my pocket, I would put it out on my own. Because uh, really, I, the offers that were willing to, uh, to take it, they wanted to really steal it from me. You know, after I put my money in there, you give it to them, and then I have to buy my CDs if I want it back, you know, and, and I wasn't going to get any money back. So, you know, this was a lot of things a lot of guys were doing it because they didn't know uh, they wanted their music out. So I had to put the brakes on that. I waited a couple of extra more months. I saved some money, and then I, I incorporated I got Chamoto Records on the road, and what I did was I was working like a mom and pop, you know, joint, which uh, I would do is I pressed out my first uh, batch was like 2,500 CDs at that time, uh, which I would automatically, you know, I did the math myself, uh, four or 500 for, for uh, radio uh, interviews, uh, magazine reviews, and stuff like that. The other 2,000 was to sell. And, uh, you know, um, it took me a while because I, I did a lot at the time because this is what I could afford anyway. So I went a little bit over, and which was good because it was a good learning experience. It wasn't too much over, but it took a little while, you know, to start, you know, selling, you know, I was in my car to the mom and pa joints, I would give a box over here on consignment, a little bit over here, I would call Descarga, I would call CD Baby, well, I, I had, uh, that was my first store, when you have your, your, your own company, and as, as I got along, and I really went along as, as I, uh, as I built up the experience as I was going. I was making calls, you know, nobody was going to stop me just to make a call. Listen, I got a CD, you know, and I'm really, you know, and it worked. And they said, well, give me uh, 200 you know, right away. And I was surprised. I said, I bought it right away. And uh, now my business sense has been building up on that. Um, it was good because I was one of the first ones there. There was one or two other guys there, but... Really, you know, I didn't have like yourself anybody to look up. I asked questions and stuff like that, and I and I just had a good idea of the business, the business part of it. So, you know, I said, "Well, I'm gonna go ahead with this," and it rolled into something nice. It was working, it was functioning, and um, when you came to me, uh, you know, about advice about coming about the record company, I I told everybody, "Go ahead and do it because it worked." It worked, and the thing is, it's going to take a little longer, but the money, you're going to see it. It's going to come back to you. So the money that was coming back from CD Baby, from the distributors, from me selling it at the gigs, I would put it in a separate account. And that money was only, even if I sold one CD for $10, that's going to go in the bank, and I deposit $10. You know, so that was just, you know, I had a discipline like that in the beginning, which uh, I rolled up. And once I got $4,000 in the bank, 3000 that was good enough for my first session for my next record. So I would snowball it like that. So I just had to really separate the business from the personal at that time. And I had to think like a businessman. I had to think like a lawyer, an accountant. Uh, I was the... the the band boy and uh, the distributor, you know. So you know, it, it's good that 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 I done that and and uh, I did three CDs under my name, and which I'm proud of for being an independent uh, company. You know, my uh, third one was nominated for a Grammy, and I got to go to the Grammys. I walked the carpet, and uh, you know, it was surprising that when I look back, you know, I, I all of a sudden like you know. I, I woke up, I opened my eyes, I said, shit, I'm at the Grammys, man, you know. And, you know, the work that you done back there, all of a sudden, like, it hit. 
it hit me that when I was there, I said, man, this is my company, and I did this on my own. So this is why I give everybody, you got to do it. You got to do it. And I'm, I'm proud of you for doing your stuff because you not only did that, but you're producing other musicians, other bands, other projects besides that, which I didn't want to do because I just wanted to build myself up but you're doing a legit bigger company that later on you know when you build up your your roster and 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 your catalog so this is going to mean something later on maybe 10 years from now 20 years from now when you build all this stuff up this is how Fania did it this is how columbia did it uh motown they were a house just like us you know my office is that little room in the side you know and i get up in the morning make my calls, and I work 9 to 5, really 9 to 9, or, you know, 24 hours I'm there, but I'm on the computer and sending out, a, uh, you know, uh, CDs and soliciting gigs, you know, so I have to do that part of it. Then I got to practice. Then I got to go gig, you know, but it's fun. It's fun. I did it because why not? A lot of people will, will uh, doubt themselves, and, and, and before you know it, it's going to be too late for them to start, and I should have, could have. Is no gooder, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know, I'm glad you actually did it because if you didn't do it and tell me those things, I probably wouldn't be on the same path. Yeah. So that's that's one thing, and then also your accomplishments as a musician. For, first of all, the, the Grammy nomination for people that are listening that might not know too much about that, it's an incredible accomplishment, and you should check out his CDs, download them, pick them up. Um, he has them on his website, and you can get them at iTunes and CD Baby and all that good stuff but um as a musician also which is amazing that you're a percussionist with its own with, with your own band um which is you know and and also a staple in latin jazz like i think you know if, if people have a, a percussionist that come down the line with their latin jazz bands chembos is up there at the top with everybody's and i mean the musicians in his band the compositions the arrangements it's amazing it was a great inspiration for young musicians like myself uh growing up in that music and and understand and hearing you since i was a little kid but um in 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 that respect what was so I'll let you talk about it, but what was your, I would say, no, you don't have to, not necessarily an inspiration. I don't want to come at that like that, but what was your vision in putting together the band that you did? Like the style of music you play and then also the instrumentation, because yours is very specific. Right. Well, um, first of all, um, I always wanted to form a band. Uh, I've been I've been in the scene here for 40, 45 years, uh, and I play with everybody here in New York. And the thing is that I play with a lot of Latin jazz bands here in New York, but really I had to play what they wanted to play, what they, you know, their style. You know, each different band, no matter if it's a Latin jazz band or whatever, they have a certain style that I have to adapt to that group. Some are more fusion, some are more danceable, like a mambo jazz, a poncho style, or Jerry Gonzalez style, which is for the patches, more fusion jazz and straight ahead. So then I would approach it that way also. So, you know, I wasn't really... uh, playing to my full potential that I know I've been practicing with and and I was looking for to push the envelope so to say uh the instrumentation that I got with the band was an inspiration I had for many years ago when I first uh played with Chucho Valdez that I think you were you guys were kids when you came down to see us at Bradley's 
and we had a quartet there where uh, this was um, I was in Cuba. Um, no, uh, I went to Cuba after after I met Chucho there and played with Chucho. I went to Cuba and and then uh, we, we we became friends. Uh, I got the call one time uh, to play for uh, for Chucho at Bradley's Club, which was a jazz club in New York City. And this was the last engagement. I think they closed the club after that in '96. That's right. And you was there. You showed up with your pops and your brother. Your brother got to play. Little guy with the big bass, and everybody was flipping out when you guys came. But I, I realized how much music we played, how big the sound was with just piano, bass, drums, and conga. And, and we did a lot of music, and that right there, this was in 96. I remember. In 95, and when the keyboard, 96. Yep, that was it. We were there, I think, in '97. We, we, it might have been the same that winter, right? Yeah, I think we were there too. Yeah. At this. yeah. So I, I went, I went to Cuba with this, uh, the Caribbean music and dance program. So I took a two week course at the ENA, at the Escuela Nacional de Arte in Cuba, which uh, um, Chucho was a director there at the time for those schools. You know, so I went to so far with about three or four of those. Uh, since then, I used to go every two years, and that was the first time, and it opened me up my eyes up and 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 my plane it changed my life too when i went there and it put all this all the ideas i had in my in my head it, it the puzzle came together when i was there i studied with roberto vizcaino which was when uh, chucho made his quartet that was his percussionist when he had raul pineda uh frank on on bass so then that's that's where he got the idea of making the the quartet when he just formed that, because what happened was uh, two days before uh, I played with him, it was him and Anga only, uh, his percussionist from Miraquere. It was a yeah. duo. So Anga was there three days. They had like a five days at, at, at Bradley's. Uh, Anga played uh, with him three days, so he needed to fill up the other two days. So they called me, but he changes uh, his... his um, he changed the, the whole style of what he wanted to do. So he added a bass also and, and the drums. So he wanted to have something a little bit more fuller. So this is, I did the last two nights you know, to cover for Anga. Wow. Yeah. yeah, at that night. And then you was there, I think, the first night that, I, that, that you guys came down. So when, 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 I, when, I, when I listened to that and, and I said, man, this sounds so full because you had the right cats. You know, Joe Santiago was here at the time and, and Marlon Simon, you know. But he had the right cats that, that, that are in the same. Uh, thinking pattern that you're in, the same artistic values that you have. Uh, they know how to respect certain music. They know how to come in and out of it. They know how to pass uh, the baton around each other when it's your turn. And when it's got to go somewhere else, we're all going to go, but we always come back. You know, all those ideas and all those music terms and, and the stuff that we do without even talking about it and something that's inside and that everybody's at the same level. When I when I felt that that feeling there, I, I haven't never felt that before in Latin jazz. And I was starting doing, to do Latin jazz at that time, since 1990 anyway, 1991. But I ventured out from there. Then I went to Cuba, and then I, you know, it opened up a whole lot of stuff for me. So I said, imagine if I just put a, uh, one horn in there. I didn't want to put a trumpet because it'd be just one color. I I, I needed a, a fatter sound, uh, you know. So I was thinking of a tenor that can play flute and soprano. So I got three colors with one cat, and with that, 
and uh, you know, and the arrangements they had to be tailor made to me. So I try to get the 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 style of music that I like more fusion, but yet with, with roots in the bottom. So I'm trying to get the more um, more uh, down traditional music mixed in with, with with fusion and jazz, you know. And that's the whole mixture and the whole style that that I like to you know to portray. Well, I love it. I always loved it. And you know that, um, man. So I'm I'm really excited about playing uh, at Dizzy's the second show. Me, you, Ray Vega, Lucas is on bass. Uh, Andy Ulao is playing uh, today, and then um, Richie Barche on drums. And I think that's gonna be. I'm, I can't wait. I'm I'm excited. So I'm I'm gonna try to upload this tonight so that people can hear this, and then hopefully we'll, we'll come down to the club. So if you guys don't have Chembo's recordings. Um, I strongly suggest go out there, pick them up, download them, however you get them. Get the records and also check out his incredible uh, uh, list of recordings that he's on. It's amazing. So when you get a chance, uh, Wilson Chembo Cornell, uh, check him out. Uh, incredible uh, musician, uh, label owner everything inspiration to myself and my brother and many many other people so um i want to thank you for doing this with me and uh, hopefully we'll maybe get an update i want to i want to continue doing these type of things and getting what you guys are doing out to the public regular on a regular basis so i'll try to do my part thank you so much man I, I, um if what's your website and where people can find your stuff you can go to chambocorneal.com, C-H-E-M-B-O-C-O-R-N-I-E-L.com, and I have a links to, uh, you can see videos there of, of my group, and there's also uh, a store where you can click into uh, CD Baby, and, and you can pick up the CDs there, or anything on uh, Amazon. I have four or five CDs that you can pick up there. Just put in Chambo Corneal, and you'll find it. Also, um um, I'm thinking about also we, we have other projects in mind with you and I so probably later in the future we might collaborate and, and do some stuff we did a nice trio that I was uh, that I have a, a thing that we did at the NJ Pack last year with you me and uh, Ricky uh, Rodriguez on bass and and that was so so awesome right there so uh, you know there's some other things that we want to collaborate with your label too and ours and uh, in the future this is also what I'm going to be looking for Definitely. Thank you, man. Talk to you soon. Thank you.